Good morning, traders and investors. Are you guys ready for another round of pre-market prep? We got a lot to talk about. Of course, Tesla getting a little bit of a bounce back. Was it just seller's exhaustion or do we have ourselves a little bit of a bigger move here? We'll talk about value, growth. What is on your shopping list? And of course, we got some news out there from Taiwan Semiconductor. We'll talk a little bit about Kathy Woods and the, the year letter to investors, Calmain Foods reporting earnings, GE spinoff, of course, 830 numbers coming in. And we got Joe Saluzzi from Themis Trading. Let's get into it. Time to rise and shine, traders and investors. Let's get pre-market prep started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, traders, let's go ahead. Let's get it started. I'm going to bring in Dennis Dick. We'll do things a little bit different. Still going to go through the rundown here, but we don't have Joel, but let's get into it. Let's take a look at the SPY. You guys can see from the overnight action, our overnight low was 376.50, but it has come back up to a pre-market high of that's 378.90s. Now you can see we're battling a little bit here. Can we get back up through that level? Going to be looking also DXY uh, dollars is down there towards 104.26. Also about 20 cents as it holds onto the 104 area of support. We'll see if that breaks down eventually. Oil down today about a buck down to 77.90s. You guys can I'll just look at that what the USO and was down to about 70 uh, down to 77 uh, WTI earlier around 4 a.m. action. Then we could take a look at the TLT. That is up a couple of cents, not really doing much right now. We'll see if this continues to uh, kind of just keep making new lows as that's been the trend in the bonds. And then we could take a look at gold. Gold is slightly higher, um, but not much. It's up about a couple of cents there. We'll see if it can keep pushing. Silver has been a little bit of a better trade. We'll see if this can get going again here as it's making a little bit of a move here in pre-market up there towards a high on SLV towards 2203. We'll see what happens there. Well, let's get back towards the market action. What did you see in the market yesterday, Dennis? It seems like, could we have bubble popping in value? Yeah, I think so. I think we were seeing it early. I think we're seeing profit taking early. Remember today, so for you tax people out there and you're looking for tax losses, um, remember a lot of international countries, including Canada, go with the uh, settlement date. So the last day to realize losses in Canada was yesterday. U.S. goes with trade date. So there is some people saying that you can make a choice. I'm not sure about that. I know if you go to the IRS site, they talk about trade date. Some people are saying that, you know, you can choice of settlement or trade date. If you talk to your accountant in the U.S., again, I'm not an American, but I just know that trade date is the last day to actually realize for um, tax losses. So the tax loss will, is selling will stop from a lot of international traders as of yesterday. But the tax loss selling could still happen here, obviously, with you know Americans using the trade date 
as their last day to realize those losses. With that being said, we definitely saw a little bit of the of the value bubble popping yesterday. We saw, and and what do I mean by that? I mean, there's been a lot of stocks which we've been talking about on this show that have no business being at 52 week highs. I don't understand the deer. Yes, we've had Craig Johnson on the show justifying, you know, all time highs for deer. I don't get it whatsoever. I've told you before I'd be selling deer. Um, it's still hanging out right about, you know, it was like 435, 440. It's still hanging out in the same area, but it was a tough candle for it yesterday. Makes me feel like maybe, you know, with the turn, people sitting on some profits, they want to wait until, you know, they don't have to realize those gains till next year. Caterpillar was a little bit of a tougher candle, but not that bad. Just a little bit. Obviously, these stocks have held up very well. But you saw a lot of selling in oil stocks, which have held up very well. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that continue a little bit here this morning. There was a, It was mostly a value sell-off, although you know you obviously saw some tech sell-off too. Tesla bucking the trend. Tesla was green yesterday, green again. Affirm bucking the trend. AFRM, green. ARC barely down yesterday. A little bit of seller exhaustion there. And obviously, tax loss selling has been hitting those. I've been talking and predicting about you know an early January turn. I don't think it lasts, but I think you could get a one-week or two-week trade where this value trade comes off and goes back into the growth. It was a little bit there yesterday, but they were kind of selling everything yesterday. It was just a really ugly day for the markets. But you know, when you see a stock like DKNG closing green in a terrible tape, Tesla closing green in a terrible tape, a firm closing green in a terrible tape. Is there that possibility? Full disclosure, I do have a position of firm, and, I, and it's a day trading position, so I will be selling it um, just after the open. Um, going back to it, though, I think, you know, I don't know if this lasts. Again, I just think a lot of these other stocks are so oversold, and some of these other ones are crowded, that maybe that trade can come off a little bit in early January. Not a bad outlook. I mean, at the end of the day, these are the beaten down names, right? And if there's anything that might get a little bit of a bounce back, it's probably the beaten down names, right? At least that's what I'll be seeing. Um, the biggest losers, or maybe even some of the winners, maybe getting some addings. But right now, you're seeing that turnaround in Deer. I did see that yesterday. Um, it's been trying to get up through that 440s multiple times. I feel like we just here. I know it's lower, so they love the low PE stuff. But let's give a perspective. I mean, we have run on deer from the summer from 283 yeah. to 430. Do we honestly think if the economy is going to recession, that deer is not going to get hit? Do we mm-hmm. honestly think that? I get it, you know. And my buddy Jeff, who you know is very connected, you know, and talks. You know, farmers go out, major piece of equipment breaks, you know, you get, you know, one of their combines or something. Well, they've still got a farm. They go out and, you know, get it. But it doesn't mean that every single, you know, farmer that isn't, you know, obviously they're not just selling all big equipment that has to be bought. They sell riding lawnmowers, smaller stuff. There is some discretionary stuff in there too. Do we honestly think that if we go into a recession, that deer doesn't get hit? Do we honestly think that? What's the P? It's pretty low. It's like under market multiple. What is it? 14? 14, 15? 13? I'll give you right now. It's uh, 15. 15. So it's under market multiple. And I do like the lower multiple stocks over the higher multiple stocks because mm-hmm. they do hold up better. But I just think they're going to come for everything here eventually. That's why you're sitting on deer at all-time highs. I've been said this already. I don't have a position in it, but I've said yeah. it already. I don't get it. I don't get that it's at all-time highs that we're giving it a complete pass. So I think they're eventually going to come for what has been 
you know, held up very well. And I think that happens in January because I think people are sitting on gains. They're like, why am I going to sell it, you know, before I have to here? You know, I'll wait till, you know, maybe January 3rd, then book those gains. I don't pay the tax for a year. So I think there's a little bit of that happening too. So I'd be cautious, very cautious in some of these crowded names, these value names. Do I think there's a value crash, you know, happening? I don't think so. I think they'll eventually get bought. I just think they're overbought. I think the value names are overbought and growth names are oversold. I think we could see that trade reverse a little bit in January. And then it'll be an opportunity to maybe rebalance. I'd love to buy more drug stocks. Yeah, let me yeah, let me bring in some names here. Uh, like let's say like a Merck. What do you think about a chart like that? Yeah, in full disclosure, I am still no, actually I sold my Merck. I forgot. I sold my Merck. Yeah, I sold it ahead of time. I think Merck. <laughs> needs to come in i think it's overbought here now i think yeah. it's a crowded trade i think merck could come back down if it came back down to 95 would i reload it maybe uh but i just think we're just crowded you know like everybody's you know and i'd like the drug stocks no don't kid yourself i do like the drug stocks still i think they're going to hold up better if we go into a recession but they've mm-hmm. just run so far i mean abby which i am still long i've hedged it because i just think it's run so far so i mean there is pockets of ridiculous strength in this market that I don't think have any business having this ridiculous strength. So solar stocks, to you know, the, the point in the chat there, thinking yeah, about it saying solar. It. I mean, they have just been relentlessly strong. I don't know. If we go in a recession, it could be different here. So they got hit yesterday. Solar had a very bad day. First mm-hmm. solar had a very bad day. The tan had a tough day. The tan is starting to roll over here too. I just think, I'm of the opinion we're going into a recession. I don't want to really be long, you know, you know, I don't want to be all in on this market for sure. And I'm still sitting at 50% cash. No, Gene Munster's still sitting at 50% cash. He's pretty smart too. Maybe we're going to miss it. Maybe we're just going to rally and take off. But I think we're going to see a little bit of rotation here. And I think some of that money that's been hiding in all these value names could come out quickly in January. Yeah, it's something to watch. I've seen the solar stocks starting to turn around and uh, different stocks definitely getting that that hit. I saw the banks getting a little bit of a jump yesterday. What do you feel about like a JP Morgan here? Again, I like these better, but if we go in a recession, banks get hit hard. And look at the JP Morgan chart, 100 bucks in October, now 132, up 30%. When the Fed is any, not even anywhere close to pivoting here. And yes, yeah, so I can say, well, that's good for banks. Banks want higher rates. Yes, but banks don't want a recession. Banks don't. So, so you know, you, you've got to do a balancing act here. Yeah. Some of the banks have come off. City has come off. Bank America yeah. has come off. Goldman's held up well, starting to come off. JP Morgan has just been ridiculously resilient. I think there's a catch-up trade potentially to the downside here. If I was long JP Morgan, just my opinion. I don't have a position. If I was long it, I would sell it. Well, what's on your shopping list? Yeah, so go to the shopping list. And again... I mean, this shopping list, and, and so there's, you got to wear two hats here. One, investor hat. You know, what am I going to do mm-hmm. for that 50% cash? Eventually, I'm going to deploy it into some good companies at lower, at lower prices here. You know, I will buy more Disney eventually. I will okay. buy, but I'm not doing any of that. Maybe not even in the first quarter. I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking this is more of a second quarter trade because I think the first quarter could be ugly. So yeah. I'm just sitting back. But as a day trader... As a short-term, not as a day trader, I say as a short-term swing trader, I'm watching for, you know, those tells that are telling me this growth that's oversold could actually, you know, catch a bit. I know all the traders out there say, why are you trying to buy stocks and downtrends? Why are you doing this stuff? Well, you know what? I'm a different type of trader. I try to catch the turns and I call them quite well. And there's huge money when you catch the turns. 
It's not like you're jumping in, you know, and trying to ride the momentum here. You catch the turn right, you make big bucks in a hurry. So it's my job as a trader to identify when I'm starting to see trend turn. Past the strength the last couple of days is a tell. I think there's a few people front running it. I think there's a few people getting ahead of the potential January effect here. I think that's why Tesla is starting to show strength even before. And remember, um, tax loss selling is over for you Canadians. It's over for some other people in other countries, depending on how it works. So you could see it start to take off from here. I, I kind of think there's still a whoosh. I still think there could be a few more people to sell. Um, I think it could be more of a January 3rd thing. This could be a fake out. You know, yesterday had the big rally and then started to give it back here too. There's still overhead supply. It's not going to be easy sailing. But you've got a stock from $300 to 100 bucks in three months. It's massively oversold. If you were shorting it now, you are way late to the party and doing it backwards. What if yesterday's little rally could have been those shorts maybe covering? I think so. I think there's people nervous, Mitch. Right. I, I think it's not a As... bad I, I think it's not a bad call to be nervous if you're short these things. There's so many like the, the, the devastation that has happened to Kathy Stocks. And I'm not saying I'm putting these in the long term portfolio. If I do get it long any of these things, it's gonna be short term trades, you know, maybe a few days, maybe a week, short leash. You know, if it doesn't work out, you got to cut it right away because, you know, these things can turn in a hurry. But, you know, what was your original question? I went on the tangent. So what is on the shopping list? What do you oh, like? Back to the shopping list. A little bit, list. Little so bit again, more swing list, long term. What are you thinking? Uh, so in the long term account, you know, you just got to be buying the good companies at reasonable valuations. And I would still keep the Is Amazon on the there list. yet? What? Which stock? Yeah, Amazon would be on there. Amazon's value, and, and again, my wife has a small position in her long-term retirement mm-hmm. account. I put a half-size position in there, um, which has been a terrible call. I think down, you know, you get another down 10 15% on Amazon. I think long-term, you'll be happy you bought it. I think you get another, you know, down 15% on Disney. I think long-term, you'll be happy you bought it. Again, these stocks are going to suffer during a recession, though. I, th- I Do I think FedEx, if you got back down to the lows of the year, 141 145 Yeah, I think I would have that on the shopping list. So for the long-term account. Would I put Tesla on the shopping list? I would at a certain point in time. But right now, there's so many unknowns. We don't know what kind of brand damage he's doing. I kind of want to see, again, a Tesla I think I'm going to have on for a trade shortly. But I think in the long-term portfolio, it's come to a more reasonable valuation. But I don't know if it's, one, reasonable enough. And two, I don't know what kind of damage he's doing to the brand. So I don't know if I do have Tesla on my long-term shopping list. One last one. It's kind of noted. It's, It's trying to get there. One last one, and then we'll move on from the shopping list. What about a stock like Apple? Just broke a daily support. It's starting to come down. Is this yeah. a stock that you'd be looking at, Dennis? Yeah, but remember, so I've been on this show, and I've said I think Apple can go under 100 bucks. I hedged my stock. I sold part of it at 170 I hedged the rest at 155 It's 126 now. I haven't released that hedge yet. I can release that hedge, obviously, and maybe I will. I have it hedged into the uh, into the the January expiration, so another few weeks. So I've got to make a decision by then. Maybe if it tanks further, I might just release the hedge and I'm just flat out long. You know, just doing the calls and the puts is what I did on the other side to hedge the position. So I haven't decided yet. I might release the hedge and then I would be just flat out back long Apple. But I've said before, I think you're on a hundred bucks. I think there's a lot of, of, I think it's more discretionary than people think it is. People think it's just, you know, oh, this is, you know, a staple and you have to have an iPhone. Yeah, but you don't have to upgrade. So I think it's more discretionary in here than you think. So I'm still of the opinion that Apple is extremely overvalued for this market. And I and that's why I hedged at 155. That's why I've talked bearish about it for the last six months. I was long Apple for the better part of seven years. So when I hedge Apple, 
I'm very concerned. I, I rarely hedge the long-term portfolio, but I'm very concerned. And I said back when it was 150, I think it could be under 100 bucks. It's halfway there. Is it going to 100 bucks? It might. Would I buy it at 100 bucks? Probably. All right, let's keep moving. Let's put a bow on Tesla today as we do got some comments that were put out there. Of course, uh, everyone in the chat kind of talking about it also that Elon Musk telling Tesla's employees that they'll be the most valued company on the earth long term as he's rallying there for a big quarter end push. He said, by the way, don't be bothered by the stock market craziness as we demonstrate continued excellent performance. The market will recognize that, Musk said, according to Reuters. Morgan Stanley coming in here, maintaining overweight on Tesla, lowering price target to 250. Adam Jonas said that he expects fourth quarter sales of 399,000 units compared to the consensus of 429,000 vehicles. Will they miss? Oh. I think they might miss. I mean, one of the things that you've been seeing uh, also, I, I think Neo, yeah, Neo uh, just gave us that warning yesterday. Um, so I think this is just kind of pure example that if they're going to miss, it's probably going to be in China. And so we got to watch to see what happens there. And will Tesla take another hit if Do they miss the deliveries? we know when they report, Mitch? How far is um, away? Yeah, We're can, not even in earnings season yet, but I'm just like, I can take how a far there. is this away? A month what, away? Let me see what we, uh, month we have. Out? I don't know if it's even been scheduled yet because it would be a good month out. It'll yeah, be we, we do an estimate on Benzinga. So uh, we it estimated right now January 25th. Okay, so you're about Not a month Not confirmed out. yet, but I yeah, about a month Tesla's out. I do think Tesla's going to miss. I do think they're going to miss. There's a lot of bad news priced in here, though. So this thing has really, really, really been hit yeah. hard. So again, I think there's a trade. There's a bounce trade, a dead cat bounce call it here um it, it actually appears to already be starting i think there's room to 150 on this stock mm. um i don't know i'm not long it. i'm not putting the long-term portfolio and i'm not long yeah. it yet um i'm just kind of i'm skeptical of the because it's a couple days early here and i don't want to be early but again we've got the you know the front runners you know they're they're jumping the gun here yeah. so you know is this the start of the move up to 125 130 i wouldn't want to be short it right now I, I don't know if we're going to get all the way to 150. I'm saying there's room to 150 if this thing really wanted to like have a January effect and screw up a lot of people. Um, I would be a seller of the stock there, maybe even, a, maybe even shorting the stock up at 150. I do think it has a date under $100 mm. eventually, but I think that's going to come later, maybe February, maybe you know when this January effect you know eases off. I think you're getting a little bit of the dead cap bounce, and I would be using the opportunity at a certain point in time to sell the stock. But I do think short term it could go higher. Chris Woods bringing an interesting fact here. I didn't know. Did you catch this, Dennis? Was Tesla SSR yesterday? When a stock falls, so for those who don't know, short sale restrictions. Um, we put those back in after the financial crisis. So again, if we take you back to your market structure lesson, they got rid of the uptick rule back in, I think it was in 2006, 2007. And then we brought back in an alternative uptick rule, which is called the short sale restrictions. When a stock falls 10%, it then can only be shorted above the bid for that day and the next day. It's actually more restrictive than the original rule because the original rule was it just had to be an uptick. So if the bid was an uptick. You could hit the bid to get short. Now you cannot hit the bid to get short. Somebody actually has to lift you no matter what. So that's short sell restrictions. Does it impact the price where the stock is going overall? Just in the short, short term, like, you know, if you have news breaking, the stock can't get down to where it wants to be. But I mean, like that, you know, usually gets rectified within minutes. 
where the stock wants to be is where the stock wants to be. I mean, market structure can do certain things. We're going to have an excellent market structure person on in 15 minutes. Somebody I learned so much from Joe Saluzzi from Themis Trading. Uh, but let's take it back to short sell restrictions. I don't think it impacts where the price ends up at the end of the day. I think it mm-hmm. does impact a little bit of price discovery for the very short term when you have breaking news. So I'm not a fan of the short sell restrictions. I think yeah. they're stupid. I don't think there's these, you know, there's this, you know, theory that we need an uptick rule to stop stocks from going down. Stocks go down not because of short sellers. They go down because of bad management. So stocks still, you know, where end up where they should be, I believe. You know, if at the end of the day where the stock closes, I think it, it's there with restrictions or without restrictions. All right. Let's talk about what's coming up in just a few minutes where we will we will get some economic data to hit the tape. Just want to make sure that we're ready to go for it. And then sure. we'll touch a little topic, uh, make sure that Dennis gets a little wide. Maybe we get some action. Initial jobless claims expected here. Estimate at two hundred and twenty five thousand prior was two hundred and sixteen thousand. So we're expecting an increase. Right. Will we get higher? Will it come in hot or will it come in light? Light shouldn't help the market. We want to see this initial initial jobless claims start really spiking above those estimates to show some weakness in the jobs market, to see some slowdown from the Fed. Jobless claims four-week average is around uh, 221,750. You also will get natural gas storage to come in there. I wouldn't be paying attention too much to that, but of course, natural gas traders will be continuous jobless claims also coming in here, this is one that we've been watching. The prior was 1.672 million. Now we're looking for 1.686 million. We don't want to see this coming in lower. We want to see this coming in higher as we're looking for those jobless claims to spike, especially if you're a bull. Um, we'll see what happens there. 830 number. That's coming in about eight minutes. But let's get towards another topic here. Let's go to Calmain Foods. Uh, Somebody reported earnings. I didn't even know there was anybody reporting earnings. Right? Yeah. A lot of people snuck it in there on us. Yeah. And it came in after hours, uh, after the tape yesterday. Um, Coming in here, let's give their earnings EPS at $4.07, missing the $4.24 estimate. Sales of $801.7 million beat the $797.8 million estimate. They did report sales uh, for the quarter, record sales. Uh, but the avian flu outbreak continuing to limit the supply of eggs, driving prices sharply higher. I don't know if you guys have been buying the eggs, the expensive eggs, but hey, I know I still like my uh, scrambled eggs, but the prices are going higher, causing them to limit the supply. We'll see what happens now as this is coming down. Is this one of those value names that are starting to come down? Oh gosh, what's the P? You tell me. I'll give it you right now. I had that feeling you were going to go. What, for would it. I have it on the shopping list? Maybe. It's a 10, 10.9. Yeah, get so down 11. to that 50. Like, again, I'm not, not, this isn't the kind of stock that's going to have a January effect. This yeah. isn't the kind of stock, even for a short term trade. And like I've been saying, the value trade, I don't want to own value stocks right now. It's what I don't want to own. Long term, sure. You know, and maybe in a couple of months, sure. But the value needs to come down a little bit. The stock is immediately coming down. 56, you know, maybe if it just gets silly town and gets down to 52, 54, 56, definitely a huge support of 52. You're down to 52, yeah, I think there's a bounce area, but that's a long ways down. I don't think it's getting there anytime soon. It is food stock, so it's not like, you know, they, they hammer these things for five, six, seven bucks. It's hammered pretty good already, being down almost three. 
So let's see where the dust settles here, but I think you'll find buyers here in the 56-58 area. We'll see what happens there. C-A-L-M. And just to take a look, what else is in this area right now that's been moving? Let's go to farm products here. High cap ADM. Ah, it's been hanging in there. This is one that also is looking a little toppy. Archer Daniel Midland. We'll see what happens to these names. Like Tyson is a little bit more on a big pullback. That might eventually get a bounce. But chicken prices have actually been going down. The wing prices going down. There's deflation in chicken. Dennis, can you believe that? Uh, there's been a lot of deflation happening. We're into we're gonna be in major deflation, I think, very soon. Again, the reason I think that is because I think the economy is gonna go into a recession. I think it's gonna do this and it's going off a cliff. I think that's what's gonna happen in 2023. So oh, I think no. deflation is coming. I think the Fed has already done enough to stop. Like they could just stop. Just leave them here and let it do its work. But they're not gonna stop. We know they're not gonna stop because they've already said they're not gonna stop. So we just got to listen to what they're saying. They're not lying to us. You know, one thing, Powell, he really hasn't been lying to us. He's kind of said the whole way what he's going to do, and he's exactly done that. So, but I do think deflation is coming in the fact that, you know, you're not going to see price continue. Some prices are coming in on some stuff. It already has started to happen. I think the inflation problem is going to be behind us. I think the new problem in 2023 is going to be that they've raised rates so much that all of a sudden this recession hits suddenly. It's like, whoa, people stop spending. You know, we're not seeing those stores packed anymore. Again, yeah. through the Christmas season, people find money to spend through Christmas. But come January, then we look at that, their budgets and looking at their interest rate payments. That on Credit their, card on their payment. You know, talk, <laughs> even, talking to my, even talking to my other friend. I was out with him the other night for a drink at the bar. And he's like, oh, I think my interest rate, because he's on a variable mortgage. He's yeah. like, oh, I think it's like three and a half or four. I was like, check it again, bro. It's pushing 5.6, 5.7. So he brought it up there on his phone. He's like, no, you're wrong. It's not that high. He brought it up there on his phone. He's like, it's 5.8. I'm like, he's like, his mouth like dropped. And he's like, oh my gosh, it's 5.8, the variable rate. I'm like, and it can't, can't a lot of people are on variable mortgages. I'm like, I told you, man, it's come up a lot. He didn't even know it. He didn't even know it. Didn't realize it. You know what? You'll start to realize that when people start realizing that their mortgage payments have increased substantially, they're going to start spending less. So again, a lot of people are on fixed mortgages too, you know, throughout the U.S. But again, you know, if you're on a five-year fix, those five years do mature at a certain point in time. So there's lots of things, lots of balls to juggle. But I do think eventually the Fed's plan is going to work and the economy is going to slow. I'm not sure the stock market is going to like it. All right. We've been talking about how some of the companies might be falling out of the top of the S&P 500. There's going to be also a company joining right? Well, you got the GE spinoff of healthcare technologies. We'll be joining the S&P 500 when it begins trading as a separate public company on January 4th. So stay tuned for that. We'll see what happens. GE's been pretty strong as of late. Is this a company that you would expect to turn around? Also, we've been talking about these, you know, in the industrial uh, and also Honeywell. Those two stocks been really, really strong as of late. Is this one that you'd expect a turnaround or you think continued strength dennis um when does the spinoff actually happen january 4th january 4th, 4th. so no I this mean, is a value stock that's in a bubble i think so i think g eventually gets hit here too it's been an incredible run low pe 61 dollars to 81 dollars. i think it's time to ring the register and get the hell out you might get a little pop from the spinoff again but I think this is the kind of stock I don't want to own. I do think recession is going to hit General Electric as well. I do think this has been a rally to sell. So, yeah, this would be on my selling list.
All right. No we'll position what, in that, just my opinion. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think if you'd say that for G, I think you'd think probably the same for Honeywell. Yeah, for we'll sure. See. Well, Honeywell is right near highs. I mean, you're talking yeah, about stock been, that's right near the all-time highs. Awesome. I don't think it has any business being up here. I don't think yeah. Honeywell is re- immune to the recession. I'd be a seller of Honeywell as well. I'd be all a right. seller of all these cyclicals. I think in, they're cyclicals for a reason, Mitch. People yeah. don't, these are cyclicals and they got low P's and everybody's like, well, how do I go wrong with Nucor? I saw the guy on CNBC say, how do I go wrong with Nucor? It's got a P of four. It's cyclical. Do you Bad know what that means? It means if we go into a recession, those earnings go down significantly and even sometimes go negative. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're like, oh, what happened? Anyways, I don't want to go on the rant because we're going to have 30 seconds here. I'm going to have to go wide because we've go got a jobs wide, number my coming friend. here. Go so, wide. Um, anyways, and I may have to just you know leave you on your own for about a minute here. I'll try to we'll stay see. with you. If it gets crazy, no I'm leaving you though. So no worries. Mitch, no worries. Mitch will you run do, the show by himself You, you do what so you I'm do. Right the bus. This is this is when Dennis, you know, this this is your prime time action, Dennis. I'm just you, telling you, man. There no is no worries. Okay. Let's, let's see what let's, happens here. We'll give yeah. the estimates again. Uh, jobless claims estimated here at two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Prior was two hundred and sixteen thousand. We'll see as it hits the tape here. What do we get? A bunch of eight thirty uh, coming in here. We'll see what so we far, get non-event. here. Event. Yeah, non-event yet. Don't see it just yet there. Nothing. And the and it's not going that wide. Now we're starting to get a little bit wider, but nah, not even. Not even. What's they're that? Six cents. I went wide. They're not even scared. I'm going back out there. All right. Looks here's like continuous jobless claims at 1.71 million versus 1.686 million expected. That's a bullish move for the market, right? We're seeing jobless claims jumping here. The initial jobless claims at 225,000 versus the 225,000 estimate. So at least hitting the number, not coming in light. We wanted it to be a little bit hotter than that, but not looking too bad there as looks we're like getting our numbers coming in. And looks like a, a little bit of a non-event. And one yeah. thing that's been interesting is we've been actually coming down as of late without Fed talk, right? The Fed has been in a quiet period, which I think is pretty interesting to see us coming down. But there's initial jobless claims coming in right in line, uh, continuing jobless claims a little bit hotter. So that's actually a, a good look there, 1.71 versus 1.686 we're, million We're in expected. the quiet period for, for everything really right now here. This is just a quiet period for analysts, quiet period for Fed. People are on holidays, quiet period for trading. We're in holiday trade here right now. What that means, a little less liquidity. Sometimes more volatility, sometimes no action at all. Right now, we've got jockeying, though. We have tax loss selling. We've got people doing stuff. So you are seeing some movement in the markets. It was an awful day for the markets yesterday. You know, if you were a full bull, it was a really ugly day. Everything sold off yesterday, maybe getting ahead. Maybe we're going to have this January pop and some of the growth things. Maybe we're not. Maybe it's just going to continue to cascade. You know, I still believe we're going to recession. So anything that I buy is going to have a very, very, very short leash because I'm still of the opinion that there's a lot more pain ahead for all stocks. But, you know, I'm still saying I think there's a play here to potentially be short the deers and the caterpillars, even the honeywells here. Because I think it's irrational exuberance. I think a lot of them are just caught up in, oh, yeah, low PE saved the day. Yeah, low PE, better than high PE going into recession, but doesn't save the day. You know what saves the day? Cash. We'll see what happens in the economic calendar. Will we ever see the you know, jobless claims really spiking, right? And I think that's what we need to see if we are going to be going into a recession or not. That's what everyone will be watching going into next year. We'll have to wait and find out because at least right now, still showing jobs market that is pretty much in line with the expectations. 
All right, let's get out of this conversation. We'll get towards our guests in just about two minutes here. Yep. We've got one last headline to get through. Taiwan Semiconductor. Let's get towards that. Look at the SPY. A little bit of a push there. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying here a little there bit here. Go. Sneaky little rally. Again, took a took it long enough. Maybe it's because CNBC literally was like three minutes behind us. They finally just put the number up there. They weren't. Oh, oh, that, that, so like, that oh, wait, wait, here it. we go. Hold on, we, we got, got the watch, number. Got to watch Benzinga's pre-market prep so you get the number ahead of time. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, the key is you know they got to decipher right. Good news, bad news, bad news, good I mean, news. They didn't even decipher. They just literally <laughs> just didn't pop till I put it on the screen on CNBC. It's on mute on the background. I keep it on mute usually, but it's on the background there, and they're talking about it. So. Well, I don't know. there you guys see it. Spy now towards three. They were literally on commercial when that number broke. We're getting through the pre-market high as we're starting to come back to yesterday's range. We'll see if we get back there. Uh, support was around, let's say, ah, we're actually above that. Getting back there towards the action from kind of 10 a.m. We could get back there towards 380.62. Won't be looking too bad. We're up there towards 379.16. We'll see if we get towards the 379.50 in the next couple of minutes. All right, getting out of the economic data. It's almost 835. We'll, we'll get to TSM a little later. Let's go ahead. Sure. Let's get out of the spy. Let's bring our guests on today. Let's get it started. We got Joe Saluzzi, partner and co-founder of Themis Trading. All right. Welcome on, Joe. How are we doing? There he is. Hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? What's going on? I mean, these markets are so interesting, but, you know, perfect timing really to have you on here, Joe, because we've had a lot of changes here, market structure changes from the regulators here, proposing all kinds of stuff to new techs, um, you know, obviously trying to get some of that volume to go from off exchange to on exchange. Me and you have wanted this for a while here. I want to get your initial thoughts here. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe we'll just jump right into market structure because I want to use this time to talk this. Let's get your initial thoughts here on this tick size changes there. There's four buckets. I don't have it in front of me, but, you know, one bucket's obviously going to, you know, very, very much fractions of a penny. Um, yeah. You're going to half ticks if this spread's under four cents. Then you're going to potentially point two ticks. What are your thoughts on so many more ticks? Yeah, I agree. You know, overall, I liked the four proposals. I'll, I'll keep it. I think the SEC did the right thing by finally um, updating or trying to update Reg NMS, which was passed 15 years ago, which has been. Yeah. Uh, but when that tick one, that access fee one, it's, it's, it's a combination of a couple of things. But let's just look at the tick size one. I think they went too far. I think they put too many buckets. I think they went too fine of an increment. Yeah. A tenth of a penny, uh, two tenths of a penny. I don't think that's necessary. If you want to do a half a penny because midpoint fills or, you know, they're out there, there's lots of uh, gray, as we say, you know, um, trades that are happening on exchanges on the hidden order flow, as well as dark pools. Fine. We can go half penny. But when you go down to a tenth and two tenths, you, you're risking a lot of noise, a lot more noise than we're getting now. You'll get more volume, which the exchanges will love and some other HFT high frequency traders will love because they'll now you know, jump ahead of you for a tenth of a penny as opposed to a penny, right? So you're going to get a lot more pinging, a lot more front, not calling front running, trading ahead, right? Because they're not really customers and so on. So uh, I think what's going to happen is, so there's a tenth of a penny, two tenths of a penny, half a penny, and a penny. Initially, they're going to go to two tenths of a penny, about a thousand or so stocks, because if the spread is less than a penny, they're going to say, okay, well, you're now qualified for two tenths of a penny. But after a few months, they're going to look and say, okay, well, hey, look, the spread is now even smaller. It's at eight, I think it's like eight tenths or less. You get to go to a tenth of a penny. So these are going to be moving targets. 
going to be a little tricky. I think it went too far. Now we got three months of, of comment period now. So you can start writing letters and reading in this to this stuff. I'll, we'll write a letter and I will say pretty much exactly what we just said. They, they went too far. Let's stop it at a half a penny. You know, you can get, and one of the reasons that I'm really concerned is that the aggregation of liquidity, right? The, the, the dip, you guys talk about the depth of book on the S&P, the, on yeah. the futures in the morning. You're going to get this really kind of crumbly book now. It's not going to have any depth to it at all. Yeah. I don't think it's a good idea. In fact, I think it should have went the other way on some of the on the smaller cap stack. I think they should have widened the spread, but they yeah. didn't do it. Yeah, and they didn't do that on any of the stocks here. I know Joel has called for that for a while here. Joel's not on the show today, but he's like, I think we should go back to nickels on some of these small yeah. caps. And I was like, well, there's an argument to be made there too. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm, I'm actually, you know, you just read my mind because I'm completely with you. I like the half tech. I think it's a good idea. But if you're going to go to Amazon, and I mean, think about where Amazon was. It was a $2,000 stock here mm -hmm. about three months ago. Now we're going to trade it in 0 0.2. Like yeah. literally you're going to have, you're going to go on your Amazon screen and it's going to be 82.972, 82.974, 82.976. People are going to try to like just click the bid because this is what a lot of times they do. Yeah. They hit the bid like a discretionary trader will just click on the bid and then hit sell and it's going to be moving. I mean, right. so it's going to be like all the time moving on it. Oh, I tried to hit 82.94. No, it's now 82.92. Right. So, so I mean, you should put a market order move. in which, and don't put it, a market order and you'll get clipped on that. And you but get clipped on that too. So it's going to move faster. Yeah. The quotes are already pretty fast with so yeah. many high frequency traders there. And we just increased the speed of yeah. the quote. So right. I am concerned that we did went too far as well. But they also going to harmonize the tick and quote, which is an interesting term because what they're saying is the, tr the trade price can no longer be in this ridiculous 999, all those crazy prints that you see. The trade price has to mirror the increment of the tick. So if the, if the stock is in a two tenths tick, the trade prices can only be in two tenth intervals or if it's, you know, three uh, half a penny and so on. So, you know, that's a good idea. I think, I think that kind of makes sense to get rid of that noise, that ridiculous stepping ahead by some market makers where they give that one, one hundredth of a penny yeah. price improvement, right. Which is really garbage. So you, they're trying to, you know, aggregate a little bit there, which makes sense. But again, had they stopped at a half a penny, I think that would have been a, a home run then i think it would have been great this you know we solve a bunch of problems but we'll see we'll see how this uh, comment period goes on that basically piece. you just got to get rid of bucket two because bucket one is for basically stocks that are pretty much trading under under a buck right so well it sounds two like buckets a uh, bucket two uh, one and two which is a tenth of a penny and two tenths of a penny so i would just keep a half a penny and a penny and, and just bucket, leave it at that bucket four yeah so and that was what just one part of the proposal the other part of that same proposal was the access fee so yeah. a lot of people don't understand that when, when your broker goes out and takes a stock from an exchange, it could cost up to three tenths of a penny to pay that exchange. That's where the cap is right now. They're proposing to change the cap down to a tenth of a penny or maybe even lower five tenths of a penny. And what that actually does is will reduce or almost get rid of rebates, which we've been in favor of forever. I think rebates are very distortive. It kind of uh, distorts order routing and so on. So by, re in by decreasing the cap, you're going to also decrease the rebate, which is a good thing. Now, I would have just gotten rid of it all and said no rebates, period. But this is a the SEC's way of saying, listen, we don't want to throw the word ban out there. They're really smart. I think they're very nuanced it here because they know when you say ban, if you say ban payment for order flow, the lawyers will be out there and they're going to be, uh, you know, lining up to sue the, the SEC. So there's no ban. There's no the word ban doesn't exist in the thousand, 1,600 pages that I've seen that the SEC put out. So that's a good thing. They, they kind of, you know, Gary Gensler 
Some people don't like him. I like him. Okay. I think Gary Gens is doing a heck of a job. I think yeah. he, he worked at the CFTC. He worked in Wall Street. The guy knows his way around this. And he, he kind of nuanced this and said, okay, let's try to get it. We know we're going to have to change something. It's not going to go in as is, but let's not get sued as much as that we think could happen. I, I think he sees, you know, that there is a problem here with so much volume migrating off exchange. I think he's trying to address it. Like, you know, and we've saw this, and me and you, Joe, have talked about this for the better part of 15 years, I feel like here now. Um, you know, that the volume just, you know, has been moving from on exchange to off exchange. And that's fine and dandy, but at a certain point in time, there's not enough volume on the exchange to have fair and efficient price discovery. Yes. So he's trying to address that problem. He just maybe, like you said, has gone a little bit too far. So yeah. I do think it's not going to help the off exchange market makers. I mean, all of a sudden, if the spreads are a little bit tighter, and especially on a stock like, you know, like Siri or something, it makes sense. Like a 0.2 yeah. tick might make sense on a stock like that. Yeah. I yeah. just yeah. worry about the 0.2 tick on a stock like Amazon. Yeah. So I, I do think they're not going to be happy with it. And I do think some of that is going to actually help, you know, to get a little bit better pricing for some of these retail traders. But I just worry about that speed of the quote. Right. I agree. And the whole thing is price discovery, right? When you, when you talk about all that off exchange stuff and, you know, market makers will say, okay, we're pricing proven, but the flow is going off exchange. It's not interacting with others, with you and with me and with my clients. And that's what one of the other proposals is trying to address. And that's that auction where this one's the real controversial one. And the lawyers will be lining up on this one where they want to send retail orders into this auction, which hasn't been built yet yeah. before it gets out to the market. I think they're going to have a hard time with that one. That's going to be fought. And, you know, they, the market makers will give them a really lot of, uh, let's just say, you know, fight on that one. I think the other one will pass through. The access fee makes sense. There were two others. There was a best execution rule, which totally makes sense. There's currently a best execution rule of FINRA. This will be another one on top of that. So you might have kind of too many at this point, but we'll see where they go with that one. And then there's just another one on disclosure, increasing 605 stuff. So overall, I mean, they were trying to do, his goal was transparency and competition, like you just said, to, to aid in the price discovery process. That totally makes sense. Okay. How we get there, hopefully, you know, in the end through the sausage grinder of market structure, which is extremely complicated and we've yeah. been studying it for years, right? We'll see where this goes. But, you know, like I said, there'll be three months and uh, we'll see what the industry has to say. Take it away from market structure here, and let's just talk overall markets. We've obviously had a pretty tough year for a lot of tech investors. Some of the other investors have done okay. What are your clients saying, like, going into 2023? How are they feeling? Are they feeling confident? Do they think, like, recession's coming? Are they conservative, you know? Like, because you see, you know, obviously a lot of different institutional customers there. Maybe, you know, a different feel from what we get on CNBC, with, which is mostly retail-based. You know, I want to get that institutional feel. What's the institutional customer saying about 2023? Yeah, you know, it, it's a mixed bag, right? Because, you know, we trade on behalf of a lot of us. We're not prop traders, obviously. We're only agency traders, so it's not our call. But our our clients are all different types. So we've got long-only money managers. We've got pension funds. We've got clients who short stocks. We've got specific industry clients. So it's a mixed bag. So some guys had a good year. You know, if you were short focused this year, you did great. If you were in one of the, you know, maybe biotech or something like that, it wasn't that bad. But overall, I think there was certainly cautiousness out there. I think liquidity certainly over the last couple of weeks have been pretty bad. I mean, to move some stocks around have been been pretty tough. Um, we've seen trimming of positions. What we haven't seen, I can tell you, is any panic. There hasn't been any sort of panic, any sort of, hey, get me out of this name right now. I got it. This is ridiculous. Like we saw back in 08 and 09 when it was you know, a lot different back then. 
So that makes me feel better. I, I think personally, I think everything is driven by the Fed, as you guys talk about all the time. I mean, until we get some clarity as to when those guys are going to stop doing what they're doing, we all hope it's going to be one more, right, and then done. Have they gone too far? Until then, we're going to be in this choppy range, right? We're going to we're going to up and down and see all these green. You know, I saw this morning with a put call ratio of 240, I think somebody put out there. I mean, that's that's absurd, right? So there, there's nervousness still. But overall, clients, I would say, you know, they got a job to do too, right? Everyone's managing money. Everyone's trying to do their best, beat their benchmarks and so on. And some have done okay and some, it's been a tough year. Yeah, like always, one of the things that has definitely been tough is crypto this year. Mm. What do you think about that, Joe? And God. where do you think that's moving towards? You know what happened to crypto? Wall Street got involved. The, the, the jokers on Wall Street, yep. you know, the HFTs, all these market makers, when they got in, they bastardized that game. So the original theory of crypto, and, and, and I still think there's, the, I was listening to somebody yesterday, the tools of crypto, right? The the actual smart contracts. The, that's a, you know, it's an early stage thing. It's got so many years to go, but there's a lot to be said there. But when the jokers came in and said, hey, I can lend it out and get a 7% return and I can, you know, they started margining and come on, man, really? And there was nobody guarding the house, right? There were no rules. And now all the crypto guys, wait, wait, we want regulation. Well, where the hell were you for the last five years? Okay. Where were you? You know, where was the FINRA style organization that should have been built, which was talked about, which is basically a self-policing for this for the industry, because they can't do it because they're all over the world. They're in the Bahamas, they're in Hong Kong. There's no jurisdiction. So who controls and who regulates? I don't want to hear it's the SEC's fault. Because there's millions, there's, there's tons of regulators all over the world that should have been involved. So there needs to be some sort of structure. I don't know where it's going to be, but all I know is all these jokers on Wall Street are now licking their wounds. Yeah, it's really tough to control. Like you said, it's decentralized for the reason. That's how it's constructed. And now to centralize that, where do you centralize that? That's where it goes into. Is it regulation here? Is it regulation in Europe? Yeah. That's the hard part there. Right. You know, it is. And is it a commodity or is it a security? And, and that's a good question. Maybe some are commodities and some are securities. And that's possible, too. But if you're a security, you need to file. We need to see, you know, just like any other security, you know, commodities are different. Like, you know, gold oil, obviously, is is Bitcoin more like gold and oil? Yeah, I think so. But is is some of the other, you know, security ones, some of the other all chains, whatever they call them? Yeah, they're more security based. Then you've got that, you know, the whole FTX and, and all that Celsius and all that. That was just a bunch of brokers jumping in, right? They're not exchanges. That's the other thing that always drove me nuts. They're not exchanges. Exchanges are regulated. Exchanges uh, match buyers and sellers. Those guys were basically brokers taking advantage of clients. All right. Well, like always, thank you for joining us today, talking some great market structure here. Joe Saluzzi, partner and co-founder at Themis Trading. We'll definitely have you back on and have a happy new year's from all of us here at pre-market prep. Thanks guys. Happy new year, guys. Have a good take care. All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a look. What are you seeing in the markets, Dennis? Are we still uh, we got a significant a rally off that jobless claims number now. It took a while, yeah. you know, like you said, it looked like a non-event here even for about 30 seconds there, but then they've started to buy it. So we're getting a little bit of bounce back yesterday. I think it's another opportunity to sell those value names. So I'd be using this opportunity here. We're getting back over half the losses from yesterday, which was a really ugly day. So I do think sellers will come into this market. Um, again, I'm seeing separation here, though. What is driving the bus here today is tech and growth. So I'm not so much of a, you know, shorting those. It's, I'd be more selling the value names because they're rallying here, too, because it's kind of like rising tide lifts all ships. So I'd be more selling the value names here. Caterpillar's up over two bucks here right now. I'd be using that opportunity to sell that stock here. 
because I think it's going to be an ugly first uh, quarter there for a stock like Caterpillar. Um, Tesla, up 6% here right now. So looking like they're completely front-running. Um, and again, we, we use that word, you know, because it's just, you know, they're completely getting ahead. The technical definition of front-running, which is what Joe was saying, is that you actually get a client's order and then you actually get ahead of your order. You know, but people just use it like they're getting ahead of the trade. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. everybody, we've been talking about it. I think there's a potential for a January bounce in Tesla. They've jumped the gun here. They started doing it yesterday, and they've continued to do it here today. You're seeing growth names take off this morning. ARC's up 2.06%. We talked about some of the other ones, you know, from yesterday that were green, DKNG. Um, I have no position in any of these. DKNG, you know, is trading up here as well. I mean, everything's trading up, but the growth names were stronger yesterday. I think that continues. I think that could continue for a couple of weeks or so. I think that you could see some strength. I don't know when it ends. It could end just like that. It could end, you know, maybe January 3rd. They're just like, you know, maybe they front run it so much that they get ahead of it. And maybe they just kill it there. But short leash on some of these trades. But they're so oversold. I mean, that's why, you know, I just look at these, you know, DKNG, $16 was trading at $16 at the beginning of December. It's 11 bucks. Talking about yeah. 30%, 40% sell-off in a month. A lot of bad news priced into these things. All right, we'll take a little bit of ticker time here, team. Yeah, if you guys ticker have time. any tickers, go ahead let's and throw it. it up there. Normally, we, we don't even get a chance, so definitely want to get towards some, throw up some of those tickers. Um, one that I was looking at is Nike. While we get those tickers to run through there, Nike has been interesting. It's been holding up since the gap off its earnings. How do you feel about a stock like this? Is this hanging sideways here? Held up too well. Lower P's, okay. It was good at 90. I'm not buying it at 115. I'd be selling it at 115. Back at 90, we get back to 85, 90, maybe, you know, middle of the first quarter there. If, if we do, you know, start to get some tough, you know, data coming in, some earnings warnings, um, I'd be a buyer maybe 20, 25 points down from here. Absolutely not buying it at 115. All right. There you Love go. The we got some time. stocks in the chat. So there you go. We're going to roll through as many as we can, team. Here, if you guys threw up tickers or want to see some more, th- hit up that like button. Let's go. Uh, Google, eh, we can just quickly do it. Uh, I own Google go. long-term portfolio. I bought this almost, set, I think, like 12 years ago. I'm not selling it. My average cost basis is, well, my average cost base, I don't even know where it is. It's so low. I think it's like 11 or 12 bucks. Wow. So I'm like, I'm not selling it. <laughs> I'm just holding on to it. That's the only one I didn't touch. I do think Google's a fabulous company. I'm not, probably not adding to it here. It's still a huge position in my launch portfolio, even though it's been basically cut in half from the highs. You know, would I have loved to, you know, sell it at 150 and rebuy it at 86? Yeah, but I'd add a huge tax bill too here. So um, it's come down a long ways. I would have it on my shopping list if I didn't own it already. I think Google will bottom in the first quarter of 2023. And I think it's going to be lower than that potentially. But I think this would be a fabulous opportunity for the long-term holder in Google. We'll see if it comes down through yesterday's low. You got a 10 year time horizon. You'd be happy today. You got a 10 day time horizon or 10 week time horizon. I'm not sure you're going to be happy today. All right. Here's another one. LAC. I haven't taken a look at this one. Lithium name here. Own it. Uh, Oh, no, I don't own it. I think I sold it. Yeah, I did sell it. (laughs) I own Lithium. I own the LTHM. And they have been beat up too. And I do think there's going to be an opportunity here as well. They actually haven't turned with Tesla, which is actually surprising. Tesla's starting to turn, and these things haven't turned yet. I'm long LTHM. I also bought a starter position in ALB, um, which I'm already underwater because I'm going straight down forever, but I started a starter position there too. I do believe the lithium is for real. I do believe there's going to be a long-term opportunity in these, and the PEs aren't crazy. Yeah, I think they've been cracking a little bit, like you know SQM, all the, all the major ones. All of ones. them have cracked with yeah, Tesla. So- 
with we'll, Tesla. Blame we'll look Tesla. For the next it is Tesla's down. fault. Yeah, it, it definitely not helping it, right? EV not it. not in favor right now. But Crocs. as much as Tesla has turned here, these are the laggards I'm talking about. I think there's a play here now for lithium to turn. I think there's a play for LAC to turn sooner than later here. I mean, we've sold out from $30 to $18 in a month and a half. Serious sell-off. Maybe I, I lean more towards the LTHM because they're making money. This one from 35 to 19. There's an opportunity here, I think, to be long LTHM. I like it. All right. I'm long it, and I like it. I'm not the Crocs that. is still over 100. I was looking for that one to break through 100 a little while ago. This one's actually being a strong stock in this environment. Even as we get on the way down, this one's continuing the strength. I say the trend's your friend. And until that breaks, it's looking good. Um, one problem is I think it's crowded long. So again, this is the yeah. value names I'm talking about. Lower PE, it's benefited. We've had a huge run from 46 to 105. Trend is still your friend. You'll have the momentum traders in there, but I'm scared that the momentum could turn in a hurry. Again, I like to call the turns. I like to trade the turns. I'm a different type mm -hmm. of trader. You know, we've called turns pretty well on this show over the course of the last eight, nine years. Not always successfully, but you know, we do, you know, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm in, I'm in like, one thing, I'm in like the ditches here. You know, I'm on the line making the cars. I'm in the ditches because I'm trading so much. So I have a better opportunity to call the turn than some money manager that's dealing with clients and, you know, just, you know, allocating and making three or four trades a day. I make hundreds of trades a day. So I'm going to have a better opportunity to call the turns, which is why I do this on the show. Now, I again, I flip fast. I'm like, okay, that was a turn, but then I got to get out. So, you know, so that's, you know, just, it's just screen time is all it is. So that's why, you know, I don't mind trying to call the turns. I'd be getting the hell out of the value trades, value a stocks. Right now, firm. I think there's a turn coming for them, and I think it's not going to be a good turn. For Crocs, I'll just give those highs to the left, uh, especially Tuesday's high, 108.09. If we can get through there, you're looking good for the next level up. Yesterday's high, 108.55. So right around the 108 and 108.50s, if we can get above that into the 110s, you're looking clear for the next lift. Uh, from there, next monthly high is 111.18. We'll see what happens there. Crocs, AFRM, affirm, affirm. You were t you're thinking about stocks like this, right? These are kind of the growth names. We're getting a little bit of a pop yesterday. What yeah. do you feel? This can continue? I'm not going to give my comments on affirm. I have a position. Oh, yeah, you on still it. have it. I have it. a day you trading still have position it. on it. Yeah. yeah, I have a day. I can't I'll leave it alone. I don't, no I don't we'll move forward. anything that I'm going to trade that day. So I am I actually you. trading this right now. So this is just a short-term day trade. I'll be getting out of this uh, at, uh, just after the open. So I'm not going right. my comments. Intel. What about Intel here? Is this... I'm long Intel. Bag holder Intel. It's one of my <laughs> biggest bags out there. I bought it at 31. When I thought it came down to 50 to 31, I thought it had come down enough. Apparently, yeah. I was wrong. Intel is a value name. 5.66% dividend. Is it going to get hit during recession? Uh, yes, it is. Is it, you know, should I have went with AMD? Should I have went with NVIDIA? Probably, but they've been hit just as hard. So I don't know. I'm still in the Intel value investment. It's been a value trap. I've been dead wrong about it. All right. Uh, this one's an interesting, let's go Roblox. Uh, having taken a look at this one, it's definitely more of that kind of growth category in the ARKK. Will this get a lift today? Yeah, I think so. I think this is the kind of stock that I have no position in. This is the kind of stock that could get a little bit of lift in the first week of January. It got up to like 30, 35. I'd sell it. Um, just short-term trading. This is one I would have on my basically January effect shopping list. So two lists. One for a January effect where we're getting in trades for a few days where you might get that release 
from the, the relentless tax loss selling that has been in these things, looking for that release and potential bounce in early January. But again, these are going to hit very hard in recession. I think there's still new lows ahead for all of these stocks. But I do think early January, RBLX sets up well. All right, let's keep going and keep it moving here. CRM. You're, you're flying here, Mitch. I love this. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to get the comments. We're not doing love too many it. technicals here, but I just want to keep rolling. Let's do CRM, Salesforce here. Uh, super support. I see it underneath. This is would be uh, Joel Alconin moment. He'd definitely tell me five stars right around here, right on, underneath it around the 127s. Rejected that plenty of times. A lot of 127.19s, 127.20s. Let's get back through the high. Now we need to get there through highs here, 131.75, 132.16. What's the PE? Salesforce. What's a PE Ooh, it's now? still high, I think, but I'll bring it up right now. Come down a lot, though. Yes, yes. Industry Gotta average get into is 72. Territory eventually here. 22 right now for the forward outlook, 22.6. So. On my long-term shopping list, I would actually have this on my long-term shopping list. I should just add it to it because I've started a list. I've put more, add more Disney, add more CRM on the long-term shopping list. Um, and this is one that actually could be the January effect too, because it's been so beaten up. You could get that, re you know, relief pop here. You know, yes, it's kind of turned in almost from growth to value name. I do think there's a great opportunity from a long-term perspective in CRM here. Again, the recession thing. I'm looking like for the long-term. Maybe you get down, you test maybe the the COVID low 115. Maybe get down to 113 if we have a tough first quarter. Maybe they warn. Maybe there's some companies that warn that are in the sector. Give you an opportunity around 100 bucks. You get in CRM on 100 bucks. I think you're happy long term. And we'll see what happens there in CRM. Let's keep moving. Next up, uh, Home Depot. Now, one that I've taken a look at recently. Seems like it's been hanging on after just a little bit of a bounce back. Did see uh, lumber prices. Jay was complaining there. They're still charging the hell for. Uh, lumber prices. What do you think on Home Depot? Day trading position on it again. I can't talk. Ooh, it. Um, we found I'll another be trading one, out of this on the open. I'm not even trying to <laughs> to say I got day trading position on this. Yeah, that's it. Pocket. We'll move forward. Let's get. Uh, I don't think that one's the crazy Costco. That one's been a tough move as of late. I don't like it as as it's been moving down here. Um, wanted to see it get back above 500. It did eventually get back to 500. It went to 542. That really quick right back down to this 450. I'm a little concerned on monthly levels. Monthlies look like they're starting to give up the support here. This is the monthlies. Not looking good there. Unbelievably run company. Would be on my shopping list. In fact, it's going on there right now. I love you guys on ticker time. I added CRM and Costco to my long-term shopping list. Not executing that until probably into the, into the first quarter somewhere, but towards the end of the first quarter. Um, I do think that there's going to be a recession. I do think it'll hit Costco as well. I do think there's going to be an opportunity. Maybe at Costco in the low 400s, maybe even the high 300s. I would buy it then. All right. There was a couple of Costco fans out there, so I'm glad that we got towards that. Palantir, a retail favorite for so long. Like we've said, new lows, you got to go. That's what January I would January effect this. potential here. Could get a bounce in January. Nothing more than that. Ooh, that's a tough chart to look at if you were a big investor Blinding. on that one. Uh, CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike Holdings being mentioned in the chat. Social trading. Holy right cow, now. you guys are hitting all my day trades. I can't. Hey, talk we got it. Let's keep moving, team. That's what I like to see, you guys. Unity. Let's go. Hitting all my short-term day trades. What about Next. Unity? Unity. Oh, man, Unity. Look at that. Yeah, it's January changed. effect. I like it right now. No position on it. I like it into January. 
So All I kind of right. like it right now. I'd be buying pullbacks into for a short-term January effect, not a long-term portfolio. I'm scared of the recession. Short-term January effect, release, you know, maybe from the tax loss selling here in the next couple of days. They're already jumping the gun a little bit on this one. It's already up 2.6%. I like it here. UNG. Don't give me the gas, team. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. You know how sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong? Well, clear example. I was wrong on this one, team. It happens. It happens. It's okay to be wrong. It's not okay to stay wrong. So remember mm. that. It's okay to be wrong, not okay to stay wrong. Always um, important. I, I think the commodity trade is going to come off in 2023. This has already massively come off. So I don't know. Like it's come off so much that I'm like, I don't know. Like I'm, I wouldn't be selling it now, maybe because it's come off so much. But, you know, I think look at UNG and eventually USO might look like it. So if we go into recession, I think oil's coming down. I'd be selling all of my oil stocks here. A lot of them near all-time highs. I'd be selling them all right here, right now, just my opinion. Yeah, I'm starting to get to that point too, Dennis. I think that at the end of the day with oil, it's starting to look like there's more headwinds forward than tailwind. So. so we'll see what happens there. Let's keep moving. Let's do one last one. Elon getting the last one of the day here. Uh, charge point. Charge point holdings. Same Ooh. thing as Unity, same thing as all these things. Beat right up, near the lows, has the potential to bounce in early January. Maybe room to 10 bucks. I'd be selling it then. So what if you could buy it at 850 and you know you got it up to $10, there's a 15, 20% trade in there. Right. So I mean, there's a potential. Again, if it makes new lows on the move, I'd be out. So on all these, I'd start marking now the low from yesterday or two days ago, 807. I wouldn't want it to breach those. So you might be a day or two early here yet. There could still be some tax loss selling in there. On pullbacks here, I think it's these stocks set up okay going into January. Again, I might be wrong on this January effect. And yeah. The stocks, the reason, again, when you put on any trade, have a contingency plan. Where am I getting out if I buy these stocks? For Tesla, I would now mark the low of the move so far at 108. If I'm buying at 120, I do not want to see it go below 108 because then you're making new lows and new lows you got to go, especially on the trades. So I think you start marking the lows from the last couple of days. And if you're nibbling and saying, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of stepping ahead, getting ahead of this you know, January effect trade like a DKNG, 1069 would be my out at this point in time. I don't really have any of these trades because I think I'm just scared that there's another little wave of tax loss selling coming on. They've jumped the gun. I wanted to buy a lot of these things January 3rd, but obviously, you know, the traders are getting ahead of it. So maybe you got to look at pullbacks here in the next day or two and getting ahead of it for January. Maybe they pull the rug out from under us in January, and it's okay. If we're wrong on the January effect, we're wrong. We'll get out. We'll eat our losses. But I think there could be a relief, a relief pop and a few of these really beaten down tech names. I see a nice level here to close the gap, 121.02. We'll see if we close that gap today at 119.81 there on Tesla. It's 9.03. I hope that you guys enjoyed a little bit of extra trading here extra talking we went through a lot of stocks there like always team hit the like button if you guys appreciated going through all the stocks that we could we tried we tried to get through them all like great always, job, team. Mitch. we're here for great you job, guys Mitch. all right definitely a great show for us today we're going to go ahead and dennis get towards his trading action i am going to be off tomorrow but guess what i will be here for you guys you team pre-market prep not going to miss the last day of the year. We'll be back tomorrow. Of course, Dennis will be here. He never takes a day off. He's not allowed to. He gets the, <sighs> he bills gets the to whip. Pay. He gets the whip. He gets back to work. My man never missing a day of action. Honestly, did you miss one day? I think one day. I don't miss year, a lot right? of days, man. I don't take a lot of days off. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Go get them, guys. Go Have get a good one, Dennis. Go get them, my friend. Go get them. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a look into the market. If you guys want, I'll stick around for a little bit. What I'm going to do is we'll do a little quick little like. And let's see if we can get these likes up. I know that a lot of people don't, you know, you know, aren't the biggest fan of pushing for likes. But at the end of the day, this what this does is it gives us feedback for our higher management, how you guys like or not like pre-market prep. Seems like we're having very low amount of opinions there. So give us some feedback, team. Even if you hit the down button, I'm not going to be upset. But what I want you guys to do is give us the feedback. We're right now at 299. Can we get to 400 here so that I can stick around here for another couple of minutes, get through some tickers before the open as we keep moving on on pre-market prep? All right, there's some likes. I see them coming in here. Appreciate you guys hitting the like button. That just shows us that you guys appreciate us being here for you guys every single day. Charge likes for feedbacks. That's, I mean, hey, that ain't too bad, right? It's better than, you know, charging up for this stream. I'm pretty sure at this point we could, but we don't. We make this absolutely free. The feedback that we want is just a plus. Thumbs up, thumbs down, whichever way. Let us know. All right, there you guys see it. I I see them coming in. There's 380. Can we get a couple more? We need 18 to keep going. We'll get it there. All right, we'll see what else is moving on the charts right now. We'll see. It spies back there towards 379.76. Of course, economic data helping us out there. Will we get another downturn? Apple will be a stock that I will be watching as it broke down through major support yesterday. Will it come back and reclaim that support? Or will we just see another takedown? Look for maybe hourly resistance to come into play. That's right around here, right around the 128, 24 levels. We'll see if that act as resistance, or does it come back up through 129s and back up towards the lows on the chart? Of course, we've talked about those lows plenty of times. 129, uh, I got right there, 129.04. So that's where I'd be looking for us to get back through. If we can get through there, it won't be looking too bad. That's the 129 range to 129.04. We'll see if Apple gets back there. Show is much better with just Mitch and Triple D. No, we got to have my man, Joel. The real key is, you know, we're going to be working like always. You guys can always give us feedback, pre-market prep uh, at Benzinga.com, or you guys can reach out to me, Mitch at Benzinga.com. We're always trying to make the show better. That's one thing that we'll definitely do for 23. Not always are we going to be able to please every single person, but we're going to do our best to make the show the best experience that it can be. All right. Doesn't hurt to ask. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask for likes. I mean, I'm not I'm not forcing you guys. All right. There we go. We got the likes. Let's get to it. Uh, Let's take a look at some different stocks. If you guys still have some to take a look at, you guys can throw them up. I'll go ahead and go through it. I can give you guys what I'm seeing on the charts there. Um, Let's take a look at some of the trades that I'm thinking about. So like one of the trades that I've seen hang on here for quite a while now is this Visa trade. Um, the reason I like it is just because I like deeper time frame charts, right? And so that's one thing I'm definitely learning more and more about is when I stick to these deeper time frame charts, I get a higher probability of finding a longer term kind of breakout that could give me a nice move, right? Well, this one has broken through this trend line, came back up through, and now has been trying to hold the pullback. And I think that this is a very important level now to watch to see if we can hold this pullback and get right back up, 
right back up through maybe the 210s today, going to 215, 217. I'll be watching Visa for a longer-term move into the beginning of the year. Not a bad one that's on my radar. And honestly, this is more chart-related than story-related. There are some stocks running through here. I got you guys. I like your shoes. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Um, all right. There's some stocks. We got one, TTD. TTD is one that I'm not so sure about the trade desks in the long run. I know that they're the best kind of in that advertising, especially programmatic advertising space. But one of the things that I've seen is that kind of the new laws that are coming in with data protection and kind of what you can really target for these advertising is starting to go away. And it's not giving the trade desk the advantage they thought they would have. Um, I think in the long run, this could find a bounce, but overall, uh, it's been struggling. Next levels to watch for it to kind of hold here. You can see here, this is the weekly chart. So you can see a lot of support right around here, right around the 40 mark. So I'm going to do it to these wicks to give ourselves a little bit of room there. You can do it right around 40. That's where I'd see it act as support. There's a couple of weekly candles here even from july that we're acting as support you can see 4003 you can see 4034 so somewhere in that 40 range i expect that as support if that breaks well then watch out you could be coming back down towards let's say 32 levels we'll see what happens there mrna has been really struggling as of late it seems like the bntx move really affected this one this one did have that weekly type of break this is a weekly chart. Let's go to the daily action. I'm going to take off these lines so you guys can focus on what's going on. Seems like we got a nice little bullish cross here. That was the 50 moving right above the 200 day. We'll see what happens now. But since then, what did we get? We got a nice little lift off. It got up there to two tens, then quickly rejecting back towards support. Really want to see that the support comes into play and holds here. Let's say around the 169.75 level. Multiple touches there. You got 170.27. You got 169.06. You got 169.70. So somewhere in the 169 to 170 range. We'll see if it acts as support. If it does break through there, it could be right back down towards where it was around the 130s. This has been trying to get back. Moderna has been strong, but it seems like there's some other effect coming in here. It could be COVID news from what's going on in China. But overall, BNTX is also making a hard downside action move. And until this trend changes, I'd be careful because they're really kind of getting hit. Two days hit now. We'll see if we get a day three hit on BNTX and Moderna. You guys need some oscillators. I do have oscillators. I mean, I I, I just try not to do too many indicators here because, uh, you know, pre-market prep, we try not to focus too much on just technicals. All right, uh, XOM, I've talked about that. I feel like it can turn around towards the downside. Big level for me is watching a recovery of this kind of 109 area. Um, I'll show you guys that area right now. It's right around here, the 109.09 area. If we can get back into there, then we're, we were right back towards where we were kind of pushing here on Tuesday. But if we can't recover that 109.09, then I think we're breaking back towards the pre-market low. You got to be careful there. That's 106.44 and it could come down. And I just feel like overall, I know that oil is still, you know, at a high price. But if you look at WTI, 
and crude, if we're trading at 78 and for any reason we were to drop into the 60s, the 50s, or there would be some uh, kind of development in the Russian situation, that's why I feel like there's more headwinds that are coming into the oil stocks than there is tailwinds. The supply is already starting to try to come back online. One thing that I'd be watching for is if XOM could recover that 109, could we also get some oil to get back into the 80s? All right, let's keep going. Uh, Marvell being mentioned in the chat. Appreciate you guys hitting the like and keeping me on for a little bit longer here. Let's see what happens on this one. Looks like it's trying to come back towards this resistance. It needs to recover like 37. Big level for it as it broke through that level. We'll see if it comes back towards that 37. There's a lot of support around there. Can it get back to that? Or will it just come up there and reject it? This is really not one that I want to be in right now. I know that the semiconductors have been coming down really fast. You guys can see that with also like an NVIDIA's chart, how it came up to that peak, now cleared that gap, came back down, filled that gap. Now we'll see if it takes the next leg down there towards the 125s. And the big thing for me is tech, heavy tech, is not where I want to be in at the beginning of the year. Maybe towards the middle and the late end of the year, I'll look to see if tech can start getting moving. But it hasn't been the strong area right now. I think it's just the interest rate outlook there that's affecting these companies and they're not getting the love that they're uh, intending. Look at AMD. AMD is just sideways right now. We'll see if this one can maybe get a little bit of a bounce. At least this one has closer levels to go off of. But yeah, Micron has definitely been kind of the leading way on the downside. Would look for Micron to maybe pop first, then look to see if I could catch a laggard trade in NVIDIA. Uh, just tried leaner regression. That's not too bad. I, I understand the linear regression outlook there. 18 to 31 periods. That's not bad. Don't you think 80 is a new 60 for XOM? Uh, it could be. Um, let me see here. Um, yeah, I mean, the 80 is going to be the, the, more, the more important level. But what remember, I'm not saying that oh, I think XOM is going to be maybe down towards, let's say, like 50. I think we're going to come down here probably closer to eventually towards the 80s. But the first level to watch to is that 100. I think we can pull back towards that 100. We got close here. We went towards 103. I think on the next move down, if we do move through that level, we'll be going towards that 100. So if there's a trade that I'll be looking at, that's kind of similar trade that I'll be watching. All right, let's go towards a day trade type of vehicle. Soxel. Soxel is, of course, leverage. So be careful, team, when you're trading with uh, leverage. Of course, this is three times X to the bull side on semiconductor. It's been hit hard, right? I mean, just take a look here. In the last kind of uh, 14 days, we only have about one green bar, down about 33%. It could get a bounce back today. But just be careful because these are wicked, right? They're dead cat bounces. They're really quick up. And one of the things that I noticed on SoxL is that it's already made a kind of 5% move here in the pre-market. And so a lot of the times when I see a stock making that much of a move in the pre-market, when the stock doesn't move as much, like let's take a look here. Average ATR right now is about a dollar, a buck. So SoxL on average moves around a buck on the last days, right? And so I shouldn't expect to see too much more movement than about a dollar. If it's already moving about 43 cents, that only leaves maybe room for about 60 cents on the upside for the day. And that's just going off of the ATR. So we'll see what happens there. If we get to get that next lift through SoxL, or maybe you, you, know, you can pair straight them. 
Why not pay, trade both, right? You can trade them both. There's nothing wrong with uh, trying to be on the pairs trade outlook. It's just more trading market neutral. Of course, pairs trading is a little bit more difficult. So you got to maybe learn how to get around that and how to really master that skill. But success, we'll see what happens there. Daily candles on that has been coming back here. Does have a gap here that it could come up there trying to start fill. That's the 45.32 level. I'd be watching for us to get back through yesterday's high, 44.14. Right now, you can see that it's been coming down significant also. So I would expect maybe a little bit of a bounce back on this towards the open. We'll have to wait and find out. All right. Uh, the Nas telling us one of his secrets. Go for it, man. There's nothing wrong to do with that. And if you ever want to come on and kind of show us this secret, feel free to reach out. I'll bring you on. I have no problem. That's what I always love about uh, learning from different traders. That's one thing I always try to do is learn strengths. And wherever someone says they got, you know, some good edge and they weren't willing to let me know, I'm going to be listening. All right, Mitch, any numbers come out this morning? I got you, Ray. Um, so you got continuous jobless claims that were at 1.71 uh, million versus 1.686 million expected. That was good for the bulls to get a little bit of a lift. The spy did give us a little bit of a lift. It was short-lived. Got up there towards 380.10. So we'll see if we get back up towards those levels. Initial jobless claims came in in line. So that's not bad. At least we didn't get a light number, right? like let's say 220,000 here. And I would expect to see some downside action in the SPY, but it wasn't a big spike, right? We still have yet to see a big spike. The jobs and labor market has stayed robust and stayed strong. And I think this is what gives the real push that we could get the Fed fund rate to get towards that 5% or even higher. We'll have to wait and find out. Of course, the economy will need to slow down or the jobs will need to give I think, for the Fed to really slow down. Even if they see in, uh, inflation coming down, it's still far from the 2%, right? We're still ways away from there. All right. Uh, any thoughts on on or C? I'll do C, Ron. I've been looking at the banks. I've been trying to focus to see if these can get the next lift. And I did like the move that they were setting up with. JPM is one that I'm definitely keeping in mind. But think about it just like this. Look at this nice little trend line. Can we come back up towards and start using this wick here as the support? I'd look for around 44s uh, to act as support and now start making our way back up towards this trend line. 45.50, I think, is in reach today. From there, you're going to want to get towards 46. Not bad one to watch will be JPM. If that one can lead, maybe we find a leader laggard style trade, right, where JPM makes a move today towards 134s and continues to his 134.50s, we might be able to find a little bit of laggard style trade in Bank of America and in Citigroup. The one that I'm a little bit more concerned for downside action is Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. Those don't look as strong to me as a JPM or a uh, Citigroup. All right, uh, there you go. I appreciate you, my friend. That's what it's all about. We're all here to help each other. And if there's any edge you can give or help, I'm always for that, definitely, because that's what we're all looking for, a little bit of edge. All right, uh, Bank of America looks good to you too, Miss Lucia. Hey, we'll see what happens there. I'll do a last one here, PR. PR by Richard 
map here. Let's take a look there. This is not one that I look at often, so I'll just take a look here. Looks like it's an oil and gas. All right, we'll see what happens there in PR. Can it get that next step up? Uh, sorry about the second there, team. Just getting some messages. Um, we'll see on this one. This one looks like it is trying to pull back. Did have made an A, B, look like it was trying to make that C move back up. Now it's looking like it's starting to come right back down. Got to look at this kind of more in, in a rectangle shape here. Maybe you're looking at this as it starts rejecting here. Will it crack through the low, the 850s? Doesn't look strong right now to keep holding on here. But if it can hang on to the 850s, that's at least your support right now. If you break through there, I would be a little bit careful because the next level down for me is towards 814s and 8. So if it can if it can hold here the 847, 850 area, you won't be looking too bad. You might even get a wick there, but you just want to see it come back up through 9 and 950. That's what really you need to get back through. This rejection here, 960, not a good one. And you also got a couple of rejections now from the resistance. After, as you get more and more, it gets harder and harder to break through that resistance. And you could bounce through that support. Um, we'll see what happens. Will it be kind of more of a bounce at that support and comes back? Or will it crack through and continue through? That's what you need to be looking for on PR. All right, that's going to do it for me. Doing that pairs trade by the inverse and lower corresponding price than you sold the other side to make up for the decay. Never let it go. Too lopsided. Uh, gets close to neutral when you can. Yeah, uh, I mean, pairs trading is what Dennis is best at, right? So if there's one thing that I'm going to do is not act like a pairs trader expert when we have one. And if you want to learn more and more about pairs trading, well, reach out to Dennis. Ask him questions. If you guys want to see maybe a pre-market prep uh, webinar next year on some of the aspects in pairs trading, there's already been three webinars last year with pre-market prep, but we want to do more. And if it's pairs trading that you guys want to learn, let us know. We'll definitely be working towards it. Definitely hit the thumbs up today. Hope you guys enjoyed pre-market prep. Hope I made Joel proud out there if he was listening in. We'll see you guys a little bit later. Like always, hit the thumbs up. Keep it right here on Benzinga. And if you haven't done so, please subscribe, guys. Let's get it going. There's a lot of you guys that watch this that aren't even subscribed. All it takes is hitting that button down below and the bell to be notified when we go live. See you next time, team. And keep pushing here. We still got a lot more in the day. Let's keep going.